How's everyone doing? You guys doing all right? Doing good? Um, looking around, familiar faces, but if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Ken, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Christmas season is, uh, you know, some of you, you're like prancing through the glitter and tinsel and lights, and this is like the best time, it's the most magical time of the year, and, and then others in this room, you're just trying to survive. Can I just get through this season um, and I just want you to know, regardless of where you are in that spectrum, that there are truths that we can hold on to. If you're, if you're just, you'd love all the magic and you watch every Hallmark movie and, and you do, man, there, there's some truths though that you still need to hold on to. If for you, just, the, just trying to get through the season, there's truths that you can hold on to. And last week we talked about the first truth and it has to do with God the Father, that God the Father loves and God the Father gives. And I'm so grateful for that, right? We even sang that as our first song today. God so loved the world that he gave. Today we're going to talk about a second truth. And that has to do with God the Holy Spirit. And we'll unpack that in a moment. But before we unpack that truth, we probably need to zoom out and make sure everyone in the room understands. And there's no way we can fully understand. This is a spiritual mystery. There's been volumes written about it. So for me to try to narrow it down to one sentence is kind of an undertaking. But there's a spiritual mystery called the Trinity. This is a teaching that's been in the Orthodox historical church, uh, Christian church for 2,000 years now, and it said there is one God, and let me make sure I read it right so I don't give you heresy, there is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And uh, what we're going to do is, is today unpack a truth regarding the Holy Spirit, and then if you come on Saturday or you come on Sunday morning, we're going to unpack a truth regarding God the Son. And spoiler alert, this is a service that you want to get your friends to. People who would never darken the doors of a church, they'll come with you maybe to a Christmas Eve service. They'll come to you. Parents, grandparents, you can use the gifts that you've bought them as mechanisms to get them into church. You know, you got to go to church. Before you open your gifts, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what theologically how I feel about that, but uh, you know, whatever, by all means necessary, right? And uh, that, that service is really going to be a gospel-oriented service where we're going to talk about God the Son and how God the Son comes to seek and to rescue, and uh, it's going to be a powerful service. But today I want to talk about God the Holy Spirit, some truths that we learn about God the Holy Spirit. And by the way, these are truths that are found in the Christmas story, that God the Holy Spirit, that he empowers and that he leads. And maybe you're wondering, like, where in the world do you see that in the Christmas story? So let's just get right into it. We're going to be reading in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to be reading a couple paragraphs here. Luke chapter 1, Luke is, a, is the third gospel. There's Matthew, and then Mark, and then Luke, and then it's before the book of John. Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start reading, but I'll give you verse numbers so you can, if you're still looking, you'll be able to catch up with us. We're going to begin in verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Uh, we talk about this every Christmas season, but this still like, gets me. Like I can't imagine this probably 14, 15, 16-year-old girl. I've got a 16-year-old girl, and I've got a 13-year-old girl. She's probably somewhere in between those ages, just minding her business, brushing her hair, 
watching TikTok videos. Do, well, I hope she wasn't, you know, but uh, doing whatever a teenage girl would be doing. And the next moment, there's Gabriel. Hail, favored one. The Lord is with you. And in one moment, she's probably like, well, that's kind of cool. But what he's about to say is going to freak her out, as we're going to see. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Do not be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great. And he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And after this whole, I mean, that's pretty profound. Everything that the angels just said, prophetically speaking of the son that she's going to give birth to, right? I mean, that's just absolutely incredible. Mary doesn't hear any of it because Mary asked the angel, "How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I've I've never been sexually active with my fiance. There's no way." And look at what the angel responds, verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. I love that right there, maybe you've never really caught it before, but right there in the Christmas story, we see the Holy Spirit. In fact, without God the Holy Spirit in this this story, there would be no Christmas account. It's the Holy Spirit that empowered Mary to conceive. The Holy Spirit empowered her to do what she was incapable of doing on her own. So last week I reminded you that God the Father loves and he, what? Gives. Thank you to the seven of you who were paying attention last week. God the Father loves and he gives. Today we want to talk about how the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit empowers and how God the Holy Spirit leads. Let's, let's look at this first aspect. God the Holy Spirit empowers If the Holy Spirit can empower Mary and bring life to her womb for the glory of God, what else can the Holy Spirit do? Well, we find all sorts of accounts of his activity just here in the scriptures. In fact, we could just staying with Mary and this life that God was birthing inside of her, 33 years later, the same Holy Spirit brought resurrection to the same life that he had originally put in Mary's womb. In fact, the Apostle Paul would write it this way in Romans 8, 11. It says, and I get excited about this verse. I'm just going to tell you ahead of time. This verse, there's so much packed into this verse. The Spirit of God, that's God the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Did you hear that? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Listen, the Holy Spirit empowers. He creates something out of nothing, and this passage says, and he brings life to that which is dead. The same Holy Spirit that was active in this village of Nazareth with Mary is the same Holy Spirit 33 years later who's active in a borrowed tomb in Jerusalem or in the outskirts of Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit empowers. He brings something out of nothing and he brings life out of death. And did you catch what the, what the Apostle Paul says regarding the Holy Spirit? Where does he live? Where does he dwell? Today he dwells in who? If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. 
You say, well, not inside of me. I mean, I, I am a Christian, but he just dwells in the super spiritual people in the room. No. Scripture is very clear. The moment that you receive the grace of God, the moment that you bow your knee and you confess that Jesus is Lord and that he has risen from the dead and, and you, you confess your need for him, he, he, he not only forgives you, but, but the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. He dwells in you. He lives inside of you. And he will give life to your mortal body. He will give you purpose. Some of you in this room, let's just say, truth be told, you don't need to raise your hands. Some of you have walked in today and you are spiritually empty. You feel like you're just in this season of just trying to survive. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you. He is in you already and he wants to bubble up inside of you like a spring. He wants to fill you. Are you spiritually dry? He wants to refresh you. See, God didn't just save you so that every Sunday morning you could come limping into church and sit and listen to a pastor spit for 45 minutes and then, you know, walk back out and, and just kind of go through the motions and just kind of be, be, just exist. God, God has a function for you. He has a ministry for you. He wants, to, we are surrounded by such brokenness. And yes, it's great that we come to church for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday mornings, but that brokenness in Whirlpool or in the school that you go to or at the bank that you work at, that brokenness is so tangible. We, we need to be empowered to be ministers. Can I tell you the greatest ministry that happens in Sandusky County is not what happens in a church, it's what happens in a school. Carrie and I were talking about this recently, and, and, and you know, I minister at Journey Church full-time. I have this great, incredible opportunity. She ministers full-time at a library in Green Springs Elementary. And can I tell you, I feel like most of the time she's doing more ministry than I'm doing. You, you don't have to be a pastor to do this. You just have to be available and willing so how, why don't we get it? Why does Christianity, let's just be honest, why, for so many people, why does Christianity feel so stale? Like, you know you're a Christian, you know you prayed the prayer, you know Jesus is in your heart, but you just feel like you're just going through the motions, you just feel like, this, you're just trying to get through this thing. Why does it feel so stale, like it's routine? It's because we have a role in the Holy Spirit empowering us. Listen, God's desire the Holy Spirit's desire is for every follower of Jesus to experience his empowerment. But can we just say the honest truth is that not everybody who is a follower of Jesus is experiencing that empowerment. So what, what's the deal? We have a role to play. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says this, and don't get just caught up on the first phrase, even though it's an important phrase and we're going to talk a little bit about it, but look at the, the totality of it. Ephesians 5 18, the apostle Paul says, do not be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what is Paul saying there? He's saying, listen, don't let anything master your life. Okay, I'm, I'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine. Carrie and I made a decision years ago. We're just going to abstain totally because We've seen so many people, I was, just, I was just listening to a guy this week, and he was saying, he, he, he stopped drinking several years ago, and he said the, the reason why he stopped drinking is he realized every like, major regret that he had since, 
since the time he started drinking, which was in his late teenage years, every single regret that he had revolved around alcohol. He said it was a light bulb that came on, and he just realized, man, I just, I just need to stop. I just need to stop drinking. It, but, but, but don't get hung up just on the alcohol part of it. What is Paul saying? He's saying, don't let anything master your life. Don't allow yourself to be controlled by anything except for the Holy Spirit. He says, the only, the only thing that should be controlling you is the Holy Spirit. In fact, you can translate right here when it says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled, most of the translations use that word, but you could just as easily use the word controlled there. They're, they're interchangeable words. Paul's saying, don't be controlled by this other stuff, whether it's alcohol or whether it's gambling or whether it's what, nicotine, whatever it is that controls you. Don't allow those things to control you. Instead, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. He would say in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he says, um, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Holy Spirit. So it's, it's allowing him to have control. I love Mary's response to all this. A couple verses later in Luke chapter 1, after she's just been, I mean, can you imagine the onslaught of information she's just received as a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old? Like, what the what? But look, look at her response in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be unto me as you have said. The surrenderedness of her saying, you know what, I'm not going to try to control this. I'm not going to try to step in and try to figure out how this is going to work. I, here's my posture. Let it be unto me. I, I'm wide open. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, I am wide open. You have your way. You be in control. Fill me. Do whatever you need to do inside of me. I'm, I am your servant. Did you catch it? I'm your servant. My posture, my position, I just want to obey you and do what you want me to do and go where you want me to go and say what you want me to say. Like, I'm yours. I'm all in. I'm your servant. May it be unto me as you have said. Listen, I can't be controlled by the Holy Spirit until I let go of control. As long as I am in control, he can't be in control. I've got to let go of control. He longs to empower you. He wants to birth life inside of you. He wants to resurrect things that you thought were dead, and he will, but you've got to let go of control. You've got to say, Holy Spirit, I need you today. Empower me. Today, empower me. Now, we said the truth today that we want to cling to is that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, empowers, and God the Holy Spirit leads Let's talk about the second aspect. God the Holy Spirit leads. As you read through the Christmas story, you're going to see how the Holy Spirit is leading in almost every single scene of the Christmas story. We already saw the very first scene is Mary discovering that she's going to become pregnant and that she's going to give birth to Jesus, right? And we see the Holy Spirit leading in that story. The, one of the very next things that happens in the timeline is that somehow she's got to convince her fiance that this pregnancy is from God and that she hasn't been sexually active, which I just would love to have been a fly in the wall. Probably not. Honestly, probably not, because these are two human beings having this conversation. They're not two angels. They're two human beings with emotions and with histories and with all this, trying to have this conversation. And we know, in fact, let's pick up in Matthew chapter 1, and let's just kind of look at Joseph's response to this. In Matthew chapter 1, uh, beginning with verse 18, 
It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. We already covered that a little bit. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph is a reputable man. He's a man who, he, he's righteous, he's tried to do all the things that he's supposed to do to love God, to follow God, and he gets this news, whether it's a personal conversation, whether Mary's parents come and talk to her, I don't, I don't know how it goes down, but he finds out that she's pregnant, and, and, and Joseph, you see in this passage that he loves Mary. If he didn't love Mary, he'd be like, just kick her to the street and let the whole community know what's going on. But he wants to divorce her quietly because I think the motivation there is very clear. He loves her. He wants to do it quietly, but he can't be with her. I mean, this woman's pregnant and she's trying to say that an angel said that this is of God. And what? I mean, she's got mental issues, right? I mean, from Joseph's perspective, he doesn't know the, he doesn't know the deal, right? And so he, he loves her, He's, and so look at the leading of the Holy Spirit. I won't, I won't read this, but if you, if you keep reading, what you see is that the, the Holy Spirit gives him a dream, and in the dream, an angel instructs him and says, listen, Mary's completely right. This is of God. And Joseph wakes up, and led by the Holy Spirit, he continues as if nothing's ever happened in the marriage of, of, of Mary. It's absolutely amazing. He has a dream, he wakes up, and he makes up. Several months later, they find themselves in Bethlehem, and Jesus being born, and you have these field workers that are out just doing the thing that they've done forever. They're probably the sons of field workers, the grandsons of field workers, they're doing their thing, and all of a sudden, I mean, it's now getting dark, this is the time there's no electricity, there's no flashlights, they're not getting out their iPads and watching YouTube or anything, I mean, it's pitch dark, and all of a sudden the sky lights up, and a host of angels, and the shepherds are led by the Holy Spirit to this angelic production to Bethlehem to worship Jesus. Meanwhile, you have, I mean, thousands of miles away, you have these PhD stargazers, pagans, they're not Hebrews, they're not Jewish, and they're just studying the stars and have all their charts and everything, and they become convinced that there's this star that's leading them to the next great king, and they are led by the Holy Spirit. Every scene of the story, the Holy Spirit is leading the right characters at the right time into the right place. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He longs to lead you. I love, in Galatians 5, if you've grown up in church, you've heard this passage, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is where Paul talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If nothing else, you know, you went to a VBS or something, and and they talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this, this is an epic passage. It's a great passage where Paul says, when the Holy Spirit is leading you and filling you and empowering you, one of the signs, one of the ways you can know that it's the Holy Spirit is that he is producing this fruit in our lives. And this fruit is characteristics, things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you knew all nine, you get an A+. Some of you are like saying it ahead of me and you're like, yeah, I got them. All right, good, good for you. Good for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, yeah, I got them. They'll, they'll, they'll congratulate you. 
But here, here's what we miss. So, so we, love, we love this list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Just two verses later, Paul makes a statement that I think is just so profound that we don't even really think about. Two verses later in verse 25, he says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us, this is a key. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, God, the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower you. He wants to, he wants to bring something out of nothing. He wants to bring life out of death. Like he, he wants to do those things that you can't do on your own. Okay? This idea of leading is he wants to lead the steps of your life. Those, and I'm talking about those things. Some of you in this room, you're, you are so confused about something in your life right now. You don't know what you're supposed to do. You, 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 you just don't have the clarity. You've been looking. You've been thinking. You've been, you've been asking other people. Some of you in this room are searching for wisdom. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, if you will humble yourself and seek him and say, Holy Spirit, would you bring clarity to me? He will lead you. Maybe you're experiencing confusion at school or at work, in your friendships or in your marriage. Maybe you're trying to figure out an important decision. God, the Holy Spirit, longs to lead you. In fact, he wants you, this, this blew me away a number of years ago when I figured this out. God, the Holy Spirit, wants me to discover God's will for me more than I want to discover God's will for me. Do you know that? Like those moments where you're just like, oh, I just don't. Like God is like, I'm not trying to hide this from you. Like I want you to know this even more than you want to know this. So again, what is our role? Like I said, for, for God the Holy Spirit empowering us, our role is that we let go. We, we give control. Come, come Holy Spirit, do what you want to do inside of me. When it comes to receiving the leading of the Holy Spirit, our posture is that of looking and listening. Holy Spirit, I just believe you want to lead me. I believe you have wisdom for me. And so I'm just, I just want you to know my eyes are open. I want to perceive, not just my, I'm not just talking about physical eyes. I'm talking about spiritual perception. God, I want to have spiritual perception of what you are doing in this moment. You say, well, what does that even look like? I'm in the word of God. I'm not neglecting scripture. I'm reading scripture. I'm, I'm in Christian community. I'm around other followers of Jesus. I'm, I'm listening. Guys, there's, there's been times, even, even in the last 15 and a half years of Journey Church, where I've, I've been facing a major decision regarding the church, and, and we'll talk as a board, and we still just don't have clarity. And I'll go into, into a meeting with a, a follower of Jesus, maybe a pastor who's been pastoring for years longer than I have, and I'll go in that meeting, and I'll just say, God, Holy Spirit, would you give me perception that if, if you want to speak through this person to me, would you just open my heart? And I don't go into the lunch and go, hey, man of God, I'm expecting that you're going to give me a word of revelation, you know, today while we're, while we're sitting at Chili's. I'm just saying, God, if you want to speak to this person, I want you to know I'm, I'm all ears. God, as I'm reading your word today, I just want you to know, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your word. Psalm 119, right? Like, God, I, I just want you to know my eyes are open, my ears are open. However you want to speak to me, I, I'm listening to you. I'm paying attention to you. Because the Holy Spirit longs to lead you. I, I'm telling you, he cares about your life. 
He doesn't just care about the super spiritual people in this room and their lives. He cares about you. He cares about the decisions that you're making. And I'm not talking about that you get up in the morning and, and before you get out your clothes for Holy Spirit, show me what sweatshirt I'm supposed to wear today. Show me, show me. Okay, I mean, he, he says, I, I, I gave you a brain. You can figure it out yourself. I'm talking about just the things in life where you, there's confusion. I don't know what to do. There's paralysis. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. I remember 100 years ago, I'm, I'm a senior in high school, and I remember the wrestling match of where I was to go to college. And this was a thing of I knew I, knew I was supposed to go to college. God had done this thing inside of me. Um, I, I had been convinced I was going to go into politics, convinced. I didn't want to be president or senator or anything like that. I wanted to be the chief of staff who told them what to do and what decisions to make. I had this all figured out, and I had this whole scope, and God allowed me to have an experience in Washington, D.C. for a year that caused me to go, oh, that's not what I want to do. And you, some of you have heard me tell that story, and that, that's a whole other story, but so I come out of that, and I'm just like, okay, God, like, and he had, he had slowly, it was like an evolution, this idea of being in full-time ministry, being a pastor. And I'll tell you, I was not a fan of it. I didn't like wake up one day and go, I'm going to be a pastor. You know, it was a wrestling match. Like, surely there's something else I could do. It became clear I was supposed to be a pastor. And at this point now, it's like, okay, what, what seminary, you know, or what Bible college should I go to? And, and, and I whittled the, the list down to two through prayer, through talking to other people, through conversations with my parents. But these two were like equal. I mean, they were just like, it just felt like, they were like 50-50. There was, neither one had an edge. And I remember just being so full of angst and stress. Oh, right, I'm going to make the wrong decision. I'm going to go to the wrong place, and it's going to screw me up, and I'll never meet my wife. And, and you know, the whole, the whole thing's going to get thrown off, right? And God's up there. I'm sure God's up there just going, to chant, just chill out, Right? But for me, that was such a major, major thing. And I remember, I remember just being so full of angst. And I had a spiritual mentor who came along and he said, listen, Kent, God wants you to go to that place more than you want to go to the right place. And he's going to reveal it to you. You just got to look and listen. And I just started doing that. Now, at first, you know, I was kind of a foolish with it because one, one college was south of me, one college was west of me. And so I, for like a week, as I was doing my regular Bible reading, I had a systematic way of going through the Bible. I didn't just open the Bible and like point to things, but I was just like, God, it would be really cool if in my daily Bible readings, if, if there's the word west in the scripture, I'll know that that's you telling me to go to the college that was west. And if there's the word south, and it didn't show up in my Bible reading which I was kind of glad about because that could have gotten really weird really quick, right? And it was, one day I was just looking and listening and I'm telling you, it was just so clear the college that God told me to go to. See, that's just one of my stories. You, you've got stories too or maybe you've got confusion right now or areas where you're looking for wisdom. I want you to know the Holy Spirit will lead you, but you got to look, you got to listen and this whole idea of empowerment goes along with this because you gotta be surrendered to say, okay, whatever you tell me to do, however you lead me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue. My answer is gonna be yes, wherever you send me. I had to have a posture where I was like, God, if you call me to Alabama, I'll go there. 
I think Alabama's like the worst place in the whole world. I'd go to Africa before I'd go to Alabama. If you're from Alabama, I apologize. But I, I had to be told, I remember, like, God, I'll go any. If you call me to Alabama, I'll go there. Like, there, it, it's a surrenderedness, it's an openness, and it's a looking, and it's a listening. But here's what I want you to, if your Christianity is just stale right now, just feels empty, like, you're like, man, I asked Jesus to come in my life, but it just doesn't feel like there's anything to this. I'll, I'll tell you the solution is to start every day going, Holy Spirit, you lead me. And my answer is yes. Whatever you prompt me to do. It might not be something super big. It might just be having a conversation with a kid who sits next to you that you've never had a conversation with at school. But I'm telling you, you will race with adrenaline when you do that thing that you're like, I don't want to talk to him. You step out and you obey and you do that thing and you're looking and you're listening and your posture is one of surrenderedness, he will empower you. You will start to see things. There'll, there'll be someone at work telling about an issue that's going on in your life and you'll just feel the prompting, I'm supposed to pray for them. And you'll have that thing where your back is sweating and you're like trying to figure out any way out, but you know you're supposed to. And you'll turn around, you'll just, can I pray with you? And you'll pray for them. And I'm telling you, even if a miracle doesn't happen right there in the spot, you will walk away going, oh, my faith is so much more alive right now. Because you're surrendered, you're willing, you're obedient, you're looking, you're listening. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will empower you and he will lead you. Just like he did for Mary, just like he did for Joseph, he wants to lead you. He wants to create something out of nothing. He wants to bring life out of death because he loves you. He cares about you. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Can't wait. I can't, next week, obviously, doesn't take a brain surgeon to understand that next week we'll be talking about God the Son. I can't wait to get into some of that stuff. But this morning, can we just have a moment? It hasn't even been a full hour yet, okay? So some of you are like, all right, I'm going to be the first person out of here. Listen, we're still at about 57 minutes so far of our service. And I did that intentionally. I just want us to take some time just to listen and say, Holy Spirit, before we just mow out of here, I just want, do you want to say something to me? Do you want to speak to me? Now, this, I really believe this is going to be a time of God just speaking to us personally. We're not going to do a corporate, you know, yelling out what God is saying to the whole church. But I really believe for some of you in this room, God wants to speak to you personally this morning. Maybe some of you are facing some areas where you're like, I need God to birth something that only he can do. I need, I need him to resurrect. Maybe it's a relationship. I was talking to a guy this week, uh, and he said they haven't seen their daughter for four years. Haven't heard her. She hasn't called. They haven't seen her for four years. Maybe for you, you need something resurrected that just feels like it's dead, a relationship. Just hope just faith to believe God again for something that you've stopped believing for. So right where you're standing, can we just make where you're standing just a, a place of sacredness, of holiness to God? And, and if you need to close your eyes because you're, you get distracted like I do, you can, but Carrie's just gonna continue playing softly. We're gonna take about two minutes and just to say, God, maybe, maybe this is just a prayer of surrenderedness. God, I'm all in. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. 
empower me. Maybe this is a prayer of leading God. Help me to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you are saying to me. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you long to empower us for the glory of God more than we even want to be empowered. And you want to lead us for the glory of God even more than maybe we even want to be led. So I pray, God, that we would be positioned in such a way that we would say, I want to, Holy Spirit, control me. I want to be filled with you. I open myself to you. I give you permission to do whatever you want to do inside of me. I give you free reign. Empower me. May it be into me as you have said. I'm your servant. I do your bidding. And then God, would you give us perception to sense your promptings, your whispers, just these nudges that come that we know aren't from ourselves. They're pushing us out of our comfort zone so we wouldn't come up with it. God, we know it's from you. God, I pray that you would give us perception and that when we sense your nudging, when we sense your leading, that we would be obedient. And God, I pray that you would remind us of this, that this wouldn't just be, a, you know, this Sunday morning, December 18th, right here in this moment. But God, I pray tonight, that we would remember, we'd say, God, Holy Spirit, I give you control, fill me. I ask for perception to hear you. I wanna see what you're wanting. I give you permission to speak to me. That tomorrow as we're driving to work or tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening, God, that, that we would just pray these prayers of God, I'm open to you. I'm willing, I'm your servant, do unto me as you have said. They would pray these prayers of God, I'm, I'm listening, I'm open to you. If you want to speak to me through a dream, I'm open to that. However you want to lead me, I give you permission. I say yes. And I pray this week that we would be empowered and led by your spirit as we never have before. For the glory of God. For the name and fame and reputation of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you hopefully December 24th or December 25th.